You're now tuned in to Views from the Chicks, a podcast discussing the correlation between life and music. Let's get on with the show. Good morning, good evening, good night. Welcome to Views from the Chicks. I'm T and I'm here with... And I'm Joey and I'm here with... Kwana's here. Hi. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, y'all. Happy Black History Month. Happy Black History Month. Keeping it going. Yes. Views in Review. This is our review episode where we talk about a topic in depth. Um, So, T... What are we talking about today? Yes. So I was scrolling through Twitter because that's my uh, social media platform of choice. Okay. My best friend be upset with me. She's like, all you do is send me freaking Twitter feeds <laughs> all day long. That is the wackest social media platform out there. Really? I love Twitter. I disagree. I'm going to have to Twitter get in that ass funny. later because just, Twitter, everything on happens on Twitter before it happens on IG. I'm going to just put it out there. <laughs> everything the Shade Room reposts, it happened a week ago on Twitter. I said it. Mm-hmm. Everybody's afraid to say it. I'm saying it. The Shade. And all those memes and people like to repost in their stories, it That's happened on Twitter. on Twitter first. They just trying to get likes off of it. Mm. Okay, I'm done. So I had to get happy <laughs> for people. <laughs> what are we reviewing today, girl? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> so... When I was scrolling on Twitter, I saw an article by Slate.com. It's called Heard But Not Seen, Black Music in White Spaces. So, of course, I would be intrigued because, obviously, music podcast, Beast from the Chicks, music, you know, Black History Month. Why not? Uh, So the article is by Trey Johnson, and it was written on January 27th. So 2020. And um, in the article, it depicts... Um, the writer who is just visiting um, down south and he I believe he was in New Orleans yep. mm-hmm. and he was just looking for some good old southern food yes. right like you know how that be would be doing it yeah Nola, yes it, as you're going to visit in New Orleans, yes, because I've been. To, we've all been to New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Well, Kwana I have, oh, Kwana has not. Oh my god, we have to go. Guys. Oh yeah, we yeah. Girl trip. Let's go. Girl okay, trip. so we gonna make that happen for Kwana, girl so she can. Too. Too? I know, right? <laughs> hey, with us, the chicks. <laughs> hey, girl trip three. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> okay, Kofi, where you at? For real. <laughs> but anyway, so he's um, looking for some southern food, and he finds a restaurant, and he. Unbeknownst to him, he walks in and he's the only black customer in the restaurant. Everyone sitting down is white and he sees the people who are working at the restaurant, like the busboy, the chef in the kitchen, the hostess. Everyone is black, but he's the only black person as a customer. So he instantly felt uncomfortable because one, he's at a southern restaurant. Two, he is in New Orleans. Mm -hmm. Three... French Quarter, you know, people, I mean, black people love Southern food. Mm -hmm. So you would think that's where, and then 
as someone who is black as well, we're all black. If I'm going to a restaurant and I don't see other black people eating at it, I'm going to question if it's good or not. Yes. <laughs> Straight up. Me too. And all I see is white people. I say, well, this is some washed down fried chicken because right. I just know it don't taste right. right. Macaroni and cheese ain't got no right. seasoning. Mm-hmm. Macaroni yeah. and cheese is, when your macaroni and cheese is pale, yeah. you already yeah, know. But he was just so desperate to get some Southern food. And he was like, just say, fuck it. And he sat down. And, you know, I think he found comfort in knowing that the cooks in the back were black. Right. So he right. was like, it's going to be good. And he know they burned down here in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. So he stayed there. So as he's sitting down there eating his fried chicken sandwich, or I forgot what he was eating, but he's hearing uh, Jay-Z playing. He's Q-tip. hearing mm-hmm. Q-Tip, A Tribe mm-hmm. Called Quest, mm-hmm. uh, Biggie, all these, you know, black artists like black hip-hop artists yes. you know what i mean like it's not just you know cookie cutter radio the dirty versions, dirty, dirty versions version, yeah. and he see he's looking around and he see these white customers just singing along to certain verse bobbing, ver- their, head, bobbing yeah. their head to the verses he felt like he was in an in and out of body experience he's mm-hmm. like what the fuck is going on so this experience led him to really dig deeper right um, he then goes to find himself because he's from Philly. He goes back to goes to Philly. He talks about the jerk hut in Philly and how they used to play reggae music. Yes. We and know, then we know all about um, that. because of gentrification in Philly, we've grew up in Philly, so we know. But because of gentrification in Philly, they complained that the reggae music was too loud. So they the restaurant stopped <laughs> playing the reggae music, and now they just pay Biggie and um, Pac all night long, which doesn't go along with a Jamaican restaurant doesn't make sense. You're supposed to play reggae, soca, dance hall. Do so, they still do that? Like, they still don't play the reggae music? Well, according to him, I mean, this was written. This was recent. Yeah, I, we have, I haven't been back to the Jerk yeah. Hut since college. I really hope that they have gone back to that. I hope so, too. But, you know, if you're trying to get that coin, I mean, and then they're trying to find you, and, you know, people are, you know, you know how that goes. Yeah. So he he notices that, and then he also notices, like, you know, women who working out at Flywheel, they are, you know, the um, instructor is playing Lizzo and how Lizzo has been, like, the poster child for white women because as they're feeling like they're closer to being black. So he's just questioning, I felt from the article, is hip-hop, I want to call it, pop hip-hop because that's what it seems popular like music yeah popular music because music you know hip-hop is the number one genre in america yes is hip-hop the way to the new gentrification and he questions it and says it makes a very strong statement in the article he says embracing black music is not the same as embracing black people Agreed. Okay, yes, so let's talk about it, ladies. Let's get into this. I know you guys read the article. You guys can pull mm-hmm. out different parts of it that you want to really dissect. But let's have this conversation. Is embracing black music the same as embracing black people? No, it's not. Mm-mm. It's not. And I I mean, we've all, you know, we have the, the black experience. So we all know what <laughs> this is talking about exactly. Mm-hmm. But it's not the same. And in the reverse, I feel like sometimes I always talk about my coworkers because they're all fucking crazy. <laughs> but sometimes when I'm around certain coworkers or whatever, when they they're the ones that automatically notice like I'm white, she's black, and they'll say something to make me feel comfortable, but then it makes me uncomfortable. Like for example, the other day, someone came up and they were just like, "Oh, I love reggae music," and I'm like, "That's fantastic." 
Mm-hmm. And then they start talking about the music they like. And then he's like, oh, no, I'm really into Jay-Z. And I'm really into this. And I'm just like, okay. okay. Right. So it's kind of like to spin on that. It's like that's their way of saying I appreciate black people like, because I, I like your black, black. And I can relate to you. Let me show you how right. I can Because relate. I connect to your black music. So, look, I accept you. But this is also no, someone that I know. Jay-Z. This is also That's someone that I know is a Trump supporter. Uh, so you know I'm what? like, what? Are, why are you, you even talking okay. to me in a sense? Mm-hmm. So that's my flip on it. And I'm like, that's like someone saying, oh, yeah, my best friend, you know, I know my, my friend's daughter is black, so I'm not racist. That's how I feel about mm-hmm. that statement. That's how I feel about that statement. And I feel like, uh, no, it's not the same. I got more things to say, but where yeah. you go while I gather myself? Well, yeah. it's like the saying, everybody want to be black, but nobody want to be black. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, um, loving our music, our style, our bodies, our hair, our butts, our lips isn't the same as loving us mm-hmm. or supporting us. So I could see why this writer is sitting in a restaurant, a southern restaurant in New Orleans. He's the only black customer, which mm-hmm. is crazy. Mm-hmm. And Beyond crazy. the only <laughs> other black people in there is the cook and the guy on the stove and the, all the bartenders are white, the waitress is white, the mm-hmm. hostess is white, the other patrons are white, but everybody's bobbing their heads to Q-tip. And it's like, mm-hmm. this is weird. And then he questions, why are they playing Q-tip in New Orleans? Why aren't they playing Juvenile? There's so many like mm-hmm. local, amazing... Right. Lil Nor- Wayne. Yeah, Lil Wayne artists that they could be playing to give people the full New Orleans experience. When... At what point, when did Jay-Z, when did Biggie, when did Tupac become the popular aesthetic for hip-hop music? When did it become that? When did that become so accepting? That's my question. When did he become the poster child for, for hip-hop? yeah, it's okay because white people <laughs> like Jay-Z, so we're going to play him. I, I mean, think, that's that's yeah, the, the black music that white people know. If right. you say... <clears throat> You know, if you say Jazz, if you say Jasmine Sullivan, they're gonna be like who? Ooh. If you say Whitney Houston, they're gonna know who you're talking about. <laughs> I just had a memory, right? But yes, you know, so that's true. <clears throat> that's who they know. But, but I think, sorry, no, no, go ahead. Go I was just gonna say with that, I think they just pull apart. When you think of the legends, like who are the legends in hip hop? Those are the people Drake. that come to mind. But well, Drake. But I'm saying like Jay Z, Biggie, Tupac. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. that's the standard for hip hop. The standard for reggae and all that is Bob Marley. They don't they don't know that soca is a thing or right, calypso no. is a thing. It's right. reggae. Or even Afrobeats. Or Afrobeats that right. you know all they know is Bob Marley and they know Jay Z and Tupac. Or yeah, any of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I mean so that's if how I, they're gonna connect to it. So living in here in New York, if I go to an Ethiopian restaurant, they're not playing Jay Z. They're not playing they're playing music that is from their culture but they're ethiopian right the people who are running that restaurant yes so was the restaurant that he was at in new orleans was it owned by a a caucasian person it had to be by Mm. the way he was describing it yeah interesting it had to be that's very interesting so do you feel so my issue is i i love the fact that everyone loves hip-hop music everybody's starting to love you know uh, Afro beats and everything, but I feel like everyone is just like by listening to the music and being okay with it, they, they feel like that's enough of being able to help mm-hmm. with the issues that we have. Mm-hmm. But if you love these music and you love these musicians, like do you guys really, really listen to the lyrics 
of what these people are saying because there's some like I mean Jay-Z, Pac, Biggie okay if you like them whatever they're mainstream but do you listen to what they're saying we're talking about hardship they're talking about our lives just because you guys listen to the music and you hear it you don't really understand it's just a a snippet a two point two minute and 50 Mm -hmm. seconds of what black black people really have to go through that's just not that's just not gonna cut it for me for you to understand what our people have to go through and think that is okay it has to be deeper in that i mean when i like artists i mean because we love music we go deeper no matter who it is if they're white black purple blue we really like research them and we kind of get into what they're about and their upbringing and where they come from i just don't like the fact that people are using hip-hop to use it as an extension of them getting closer to black people because it's, it's not the yeah. truth. Well, I, I think the point of his article is him saying that, the, you, you know, you guys have erased black people from your vicinity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You've gentrified these neighborhoods, pushed the people who were there out because now they can't afford to be there. You have these restaurants, these cafes, you know, where it's just you and your people, yet you have our music... And you have representations of us there without us actually being there. Mm-hmm, right. So you have these all white soul spaces. cycle flywheel, whatever spaces in the heart of Philly, in the heart of Philly, mm-hmm. which is a very black city, mm-hmm. very yet, black and li- <clears throat> listening to Beyonce and Jay-Z and Lizzo and Lizzo. Mm-hmm. Yet you have no black people around you. Right. But I think, and I think that's the point. That is the point of the article. That's, the point of the article is that is a point. they want to take they want to take the culture without taking us. That's right. really yes. it. Like you know, like we you talked about the Kim K's with the the box, you know, boxer braids and the whatever and the lips and, and the, the booty lips and, and all the that. Hips that, and all that. Those stuff. are those like, are typically black features, and they love that. It's cool. Yeah. We are the culture. When you think about what we make trending and thinking of black Twitter and all that, black people are the driving force of what is termed cool but it's only acceptable when we hear it out of someone else's mouth or from someone else's perspective and when you think about um gentrification as a whole it's like the same the same thing you're saying Kwana. Mm -hmm. they're taking what their image of black is and they're regurgitating it to fit their clientele the clientele that they have coming to these restaurants or who can maybe afford their prices or feel safe in those types of spaces are not a reflection of us and the people who really live there and it made me think of a story when i went to new orleans actually i won't say the coffee shop's name but when i went to um new orleans for essence fest some odd years ago there was a coffee shop on the corner owned by a black woman and her family and when i went in there it was filled with white people to the brim filled with white people Mm. and when i got to the register the owner was the one working the register and she just looked hella annoyed Mm. and she is based on the reviews that i've seen she's known for someone who's i guess you can say has an attitude or whatever She's a black woman. Okay. Mm-hmm. So when I walk in there, I see it's me and my sister. We walk in or whatever. She was extremely nice to us and everyone leaves. And then she starts venting to us about mm. how gentrified that area has become. And she started naming all of these restaurants and these mom and pop shops that were originally black owned mm-hmm. and started pointing them out. Like, look at what that's turned into. Look at what's that turned into. Mm-hmm. She's like, it's great that we have like Essence Fest and all of these things coming to our town. But this is the effects of what's happening. Not Essence Fest specifically, because obviously that's a black thing. But yeah. Yeah. There's other stuff going on in New Orleans, obviously. Um, but she was just saying, like, this is what gentrification has done to us. And she was just telling us how many people, how many white people have come to her and her family trying to buy their coffee shop. And mm. she refuses. I so love that. She mm. was just saying, like, 
Because at first we thought maybe she had an attitude, but maybe because we're from the islands, like we're like, what, whatever, give mm-hmm. us our coffee. <laughs> but um, she started venting to us about how she gets annoyed when people come in and start treating it like it's Starbucks. Like, I want this and I want that and I yeah. want that and I want that. She's like, there's a locally owned mom and pop shop. We don't have all of these extra syrups yeah. and shit that y'all want. Like, right. understand that this is homegrown. We've had this business for X amount of time. So I think her frustration with just witnessing it, and she was like, you know, this is a, this has been in our family for X mm-hmm. amount of years. Witnessing it firsthand, it annoyed her. It frustrated her when I'm she sure. she wants to hold on to the business, but then she sees her clientele changing throughout the years. And I looked it up this morning, and the shop closed. Oh no! Yeah. She closed it. She closed the shop. Oh no! Oh, so she sad. closed the shop, and when you look at the images, like it's like it was kind of weird because everything over there was developing, and you can tell that shop has been there for a minute because yeah. it wasn't like brand brand new, but yeah. they had amazing coffee. It was great coffee. She got fed and up. Either got fed up, and she finally just took whatever Sold deal it. came yeah. or something. That's horrible. So, yeah. I think, so it made me think about that that whole article. I mean, made gent- me think about gentrification that is such a uh, it's such a like I can understand wanting to make your neighborhood look newer or fix the things that need to be fixed, potholes in the street, um, abandoned homes, abandoned lots. I could see that, but it just it sucks that it comes at a price of pushing the people who are there out. And it's like a lot of times these developers don't care about these neighborhoods until white people want to move in. And it's like, but you've had people here for years. Like, for example, you know, I live in a city in New Jersey that is, is gentrified in some places and other places. It's being gentrified. And even in my area, when I first moved here, there were days where I would go by and not see any white people. And now I see more and more of them every day walking their dogs in the morning. I had to tell them, excuse me, your dog just pooped in front of my my house. Can mm-hmm. you pick that up? Like, come on. Yeah. Can you, like, I don't have a dog for that reason. Like, please. So, so it's like. I have a, a story to, that's completely opposite of that. Mm, of but, us, Yeah. Well, I just I just wanted to say that that I get, you know, people trying to push for updates in their neighborhood. Mm -hmm. But if it comes at a cost of pushing people out because you want to bring some new people in, you know, somebody who's going to pay twice as much in rent because they're used to paying these crazy New York City prices and they're they're willing to like give you cash straight up for this. Like it sucks. And then you push you push the people out, but then you have or you have people, you know, white people who move to these black and brown neighborhoods. And then they call the police on the people there because mm. they're having a party. The, the music is loud. Yeah, but it's a cultural thing. Like, fuck yeah. you. Like, yeah. you don't move to the neighborhood. We don't adjust to you. Right. You adjust to the neighborhood. You moved here. Right. Like, it's crazy. Well, that's yeah, that's very interesting. But I and then also the gentrification takes away from the culture of the community. And, you know, you have Chinatown, you have Koreatown. Why can't we have, you know, a West Indian town? You know what I mean? Like a a African, you know, Nigerian. I mean, there are. They just just created a Caribbean town. I I don't remember exactly where it is. Either Brooklyn or it might be the Bronx. But I saw it on the news not too long ago. Well, yeah. Well, I live in the I live in the Bronx and we it's heavily populated by West Indians and you go for the further up you go in the Bronx, the more um, 
the more you it's it's a Caribbean culture and atmosphere. So, um, but to go back to what Quana was saying about gentrification, so my family did the opposite. So we were living in the Bronx in a very bad area. And I have two little brothers and it was just, there were shootings happening outside constantly. And we just think about like the kids coming home from school or walking and then they're going to see someone get shot. It was just becoming very dangerous. So we moved from the dangerous area of the Bronx to a Russian neighborhood. So we were like the only black people on the block, still are. Um, Actually, no, we're not. We're not the only black people, but for many years, we were the only black people on the block. I don't know. They may thought we were coming to take over their neighborhood, right? Uh, when we got there, it was not a good welcome. They started to accuse us of bringing drugs into the neighborhood. What? <laughs> this happened? That one family? Yes. The one drugs? black family brought oh, drugs Lord. to the neighborhood. Um, And we were like... You know, whenever we would have family events, they would constantly call the police on us and police would come and they'd be like, oh, someone said, y'all were fighting back here. Y'all just having a barbecue. We're like, yeah, mm-hmm. like and they saw how happy we were like, oh, OK, no problem. See y'all later. Have and enjoy. Mm-hmm. Just make sure the sound is down by a certain time. And we're like, no problem. Like, you know, having a good time. Mm-hmm. Neighbors were complaining. We were fighting, blah, blah, blah. So come to find out a lot of people in um, my neighborhood, especially young kids, were dying of overdose from different narcotics. Mm-hmm. And there is someone who um, lives on the block who is a dealer who has druggy, like always constantly coming to their house to pick up drugs. Mm-hmm. And we were the ones pointed as the person who was bringing drugs into the neighborhood and made it seem like we were the ones making like making all these kids die from overdose. What? Like we're, just, wow. we're not that at all. So just to have that uh, stigma because we were black and we're, you know, West Indian and we caused no one, no harm in the neighborhood at all. I mean, we still, you know, family still lives there and, it is what it is. But the drug issue is still happening. It has nothing yeah. to do with us. So, you know, there's gentrification on different sides of, you know, it could be a good thing and a bad thing. But, you know, a, a black family going into all white neighborhood is an issue, too. But that's still not to, gentrification. To this day, it's not gentrification. Gentrification is literally changing the entire Yeah, just changing. I'm, but I'm just, I'm not, I know it's not the same. But I'm just saying, like, how when you move into a neighborhood that is predominantly mm-hmm. one thing and how there could be resilience to that. Yeah. Right. That's what I'm using it as the example. Resistance. Yeah, resistance. Yeah. So um, it just made me think of that because while we're having the conversation mm-hmm. about, you know, going into white people coming into spaces and using, you know, the black music and the black experience and trying to monopolize all of it and then pushing the people out. I just think about the cases where in our neighborhoods, it's not always safe. And we have to think about, you know, saving our lives. It just made me think of but, that. But moment. like, why is it not safe? It's not safe because you have, the white people in power, politicians who do everything in their power to kill these neighborhoods, take away stuff for schools, teachers ain't got nothing, students ain't got books, Right. there's no after-school programs, there's nowhere for people to go, jobs aren't really, you know, even around. But you go to these white neighborhoods, 
these these schools have everything and more computers for every class right because laptops, of like money. money because and then also they have these things i'm just being devil's advocate here they have these things because they pay higher taxes in those neighborhoods yeah they make more money but it's that also, makes sense right but you guys also got to understand though too and I, I know i always talk about this 1619 but it just goes it just talks about why the systems i put in place yeah it's but a whole system when you think about like for example my sister used to live in Perth Amboy mm-hmm. in Jersey, a town in Jersey. When you go to Perth Amboy. Very Latin, right? V- very, la- Latin, very Latin. Um, yeah, definitely Latin. But when you're driving down the main road, there is like a liquor store on like every mm-hmm. corner. And if you go to like most inner cities or where there's predominantly black people, there's liquor stores everywhere. Yes. It's like liquor store, they, bodega, liquor store, they bodega. Fill, they That's fill it. chicken spots of liquor store, <laughs> bodega, chicken spot. That's, that's it. it. No, no supermarkets, no fresh fruit, no whole food. And that's, no that's my whole point. Foods. What I'm saying yeah. is when it comes to inner cities and certain areas where there's a certain type of demographic, they literally pump those areas with certain vices. McDonald's. They, they set you up to soda, like fail in a sense. Coca-Cola. You know what I mean? But then you have these. They others. want you to be obese. Let me tell you something. The moment this is this is how you know a town is about to be gentrified. When you can spot a Whole Foods on yes. a corner, In gentrification heart. is coming. Yes. If it's not there already. So just know that. They when you see a Whole so Foods when there's downtown Newark. They yeah. put a, a Whole Foods smack dab on Broad Street. It don't even make Mind sense. Mind you, the people <laughs> five blocks from can't, even afford? can't afford Whole Foods. Whole Foods. You know what's coming. That's it's the like, that's the start. On. That's the start. It's like you put a Whole Foods and it alerts everybody. Like oh, or you put a Starbucks town or a Starbucks, yeah. and it's crazy. Yeah. And it's like you it's know, the lack of resources, lack of funding. There's just so yeah, so lack much. of resources, lack of funding. So There's so much, and then you have. Um, you know, like in the article, this man is like, you know, gentrification's happening, but yet, you know, you go into uh, this, you know, hipster cafe and they're playing Biggie and wearing Air Force Ones. Yeah. And Tim's. Yeah. And it's like, huh? It's like that movie Havoc with Anne Hathaway. Yes. How they yeah, all I was thought, just you talking I mean? to somebody about this. I don't know. So would you guys be on, like, would, does it make you feel uncomfortable if there was like a white restaurant? I mean, I don't know. It just doesn't. I'm not uncomfortable. It doesn't make me uncomfortable. I notice it. Yeah. But I'm not uncomfortable because honestly, we, in a way, we're profiting from it, from the gentrification in a sense, because of our lifestyle. When I think about where I live, where I live in certain neighborhoods that I go to, there's a, well, I won't say well that's I live, not gentrified. No, there's a town. I don't want to say where, I, where a town is, but there's a town in my township. Well, I'm just, I'm just thinking was, about where you live. The place where we went to go get the Thai food. Yes. Okay. That is gentrified. gentrified. Yes. I benefit from that shit because I go to all those stores. <laughs> all those stores, all those new restaurants, they open and it's delicious. So right. I'm just saying like as someone who is kind of there adjacent to what's happening there. But, but the thing is, that's not, I feel like that's not the same thing because you and your family don't come or live in the hood. You we know used I mean? to. Yeah, I mean, like, for a long time and all that stuff, but you, but now you don't. So it's. She's saying that you weren't pushed out. That's, of what, your that's neighborhood. what I'm saying. Like, oh, okay, okay. because like of gentrification, out. because you know you what had nowhere I mean? else. We go. moved for the reason that you guys moved. Yeah. Right. Because it was unsafe in our neighborhood and a lot of yeah. ish was happening. Yes. So. Yeah. Like, okay. it, like you, you weren't you, you weren't pushed out. Yeah, so you moved you. because you had the means right. to move. Right. But yeah. I and then I was trying to the reason why I even said my story is like 
it from the other end of us coming into predominantly white mm-hmm. area and how they react to that as well. Mm-hmm. So each either way through gentrification or you yeah. moving out trying to have a better life, there's still a pushback. There's yeah. there's no right or wrong. Yeah. And, and just to be clear, none of us have grown up or like, I mean, we've been in the hood here and there. But that wasn't our entire experience. I feel like a lot of times when white people think of black people, they think of that's like a, that's the, only the hood. Right. You know what Jay-Z talks about, hard knock life and stuff. But, you know, all of us grew up for the most way. part, we've all kind of grown up in a middle class type, type way. You know, we've lived in areas that could, I guess, be called the hood with air quotes. Yeah. Well, but for the most part, you know, I mean, I, even me, I grew up in a, you know, I grew up in neighborhoods where it was very diverse. There were a lot of different kinds of people, not necessarily the hood, maybe hood adjacent. Mm-hmm. But still, I grew up around a, 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 a lot of different kinds of people um, in neighborhoods that were pretty diverse. So yeah. I think uh, to piggyback what you're saying, I think, uh, for example, like in the islands, there's no it's, it's it's I wish American culture can adopt that. Um, so in the Caribbean, you could be rich as fuck and live to someone live next to someone who's poor. But it's you, different because everybody's the same. Yeah, in the it, that's not because they're saying. But they're saying what? They're all black. They're it's all different. black. We all have a different type of culture yeah. and understanding of it's, one another. That's just the, the no, American like, black culture it's, and it's the impossible. culture of like diaspora is two different things. It's impossible. Like I've heard like other friends who are Caribbean say, I didn't know I was black till I got that's, here. That's what my true, mom and dad true. said. It's, like it's I had no different. idea that I was like looked at in this way. Like people have given me this identity that I never had yeah. for myself. Even all of these people who just came back from Ghana with the year of return, they were just seeing pe- black Americans who've never been in spaces like that being being in Ghana and just surrounding by pure blackness and you have people from all different sides of the spectrum mm-hmm. you're partying with people in castles and this mm-hmm. and that and big houses and mansions Everyone or whatever but then you know down the street you're in like um kind of like a shanty town in a sense yeah so it's like you have so many different black experiences happening but it's just everybody's it's just it's yeah. different it's just I it's wish. just the history of this country it yeah. is yeah you're right I wish, you know how they have the show Undercover Bosses? Mm-hmm. I wish for the developers, I wish they had Undercover Developer. You go into this neighborhood and you, you I don't know, it, I guess embrace the culture of the neighborhood and kind of see who lives there and what you're taking away from them. I feel like if we did some kind of social experience in that way that they can kind of see, because I feel like they just think money, 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 dollars, dollars, dollars. But if you put a human experience to it and see what these people have to go through because of the gentrification, I think that would be open their eyes to be a bigger conversation. I think if they, they just see dollar size, they just see people as like, oh, this is, oh, if I get rid of that person, I'm going to have more money. If I do this to this person, more money. They just think of the bigger picture, but they're not seeing the impact that it's having on our lives. I, mean, I, don't, think, think I about, don't think they care. Think about how slavery started. That shit was I mean, I legal. I don't think they care. Like, that was literally what it was based in. Dollar signs, money, 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 dollar yeah, signs. I don't think they care. I don't care if I'm going to break up this family they or this know person that dies the or whatever. Gonna like, go up. They know that this building they're building, the rent is three times as much, but they're going to fill it up. They know that there's going to be new cafes and and everything is going to change. They know that. They're developing it. They're the ones doing it. They know that. 
I don't think they care because it's about money. They know they're displacing the people who live here. They're the ones knocking on the door, like you said with the woman in the cafe. Mm -hmm. They're the ones knocking on the door saying, I'll give you so-and-so mm -hmm. amount of money for this. Right. Yeah. They know that. They're the ones actually doing it. I guess it. I'm just being optimistic of trying to people have a heart to see what's going on. But I feel like we're walking away from the question because we're asking is embracing black music the same as embracing black people? Well, the answer is no. no. Yeah, the answer is no. The answer is no. There's Not no way all. to say yes to that. And the only way to say yes is if a white person says yes. A black person, if you say yes, what black experience are you having? Are you having? By listening to. Wait, yeah. but what is? what do you mean a white, if a white person says yes? If, the, if a white person answers from their perspective, if I embrace black music, does that mean I embrace black culture? They can answer yes to that question. Because they that's don't. That's not true. But what I'm saying, it's not true because we're black. But what I'm saying from them, they may feel that they are accepting of us if they if they accept our music. Because it's like I was saying before, it's like if I say, "Oh, my son's friend is black," I can't be racist. That's oh, false. But they're but wrong. That's false. But they believe that to be true is what I'm saying. By oh. listening to the music, they okay. feel they, they like truly they truly believe. Like I can't it. be because if but, I really was racist, I would hate everything. But black. their belief is wrong. We know that. Yeah, we, we know, know that. that. But no, Maybe they don't I say know no. Yeah, what do you guys think? Not. I know we're talking about, um, you know, the point of the article, he's talking about gentrification and how it is warping all this as well. What do you guys think about like the commercials? Like Honda and Lexus and all these commercials have hip-hop in them as well. The food commercials. It's annoying. Burger King, McDonald's. It's Mary annoying. J. Blige was singing about chicken and crispy chicken. Remember that? They're just, they're just capitalizing on the number one genre of music. That is it. It's just dollar signs. They don't give a fuck. I want to see Whole Foods <laughs> cater a commercial to us. When do you see that? No, you don't. It's always McDonald's. Whole Foods? It's I've never always seen a Whole Foods. Do they have commercials? Yeah, oh, I, I haven't seen one either. I want to see. Joe's I want to see. I've never mm -hmm. seen a Trader Joe's commercial. I want to see Panera Bread <laughs> cater. Like they just got that girl on. talking. It's always the shitty stuff. McDonald's, Popeyes, Popeyes um, like fast food joints. It's always like like mostly fast food places, like chips, Lay's, um, Pringles. Like it's stuff that we really shouldn't even be eating. Mm-hmm. It's never like Whole Foods I think, or like something that could actually be good for us. I was just thinking in my head about how I I like Celine Dion, right? Mm -hmm. And so if people are like wondering like, oh, why are you guys just talking about black music and blah, 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 blah. Because in black music, especially hip hop, we're talking about black lives and how the things that we go through and like stuff like that so when i'm listening to celine dion she's not talking about the white experience she's just talking about love and mm -hmm. blah 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 so if someone is thinking like why are they just saying that it's just like there is no person who is of that race that is talking about the white experience for us to feel like me listening to white music is gonna be the same as me embracing white people because it's well, not I, wouldn't, I don't know i wouldn't say exactly that because i feel like you know, I, I guess because there's certain bands that I listen to and they may be talking about their upbringing in terms of maybe their dad wasn't in the picture or drugs or abusiveness or whatever. Mm. So I think that's part of their experience. So would you, would, could you answer that? If you were listening to their music, does that, do you feel like you're getting a part of the white we experience? Know all we, the white, we, we know all the white shit. We but, know it all. But listen, we, we, but, the white movies, the white but is music. Is that the same like, as embracing white but people? But you guys have to understand what defines. How do we? They're the default. What do you mean? We default. don't have a choice. But what you have to understand is what defines our black experience 
is our race and our pain and everything that comes along with being black. That is the black experience. What is the white, the white experience? But that's not all of it. We're so much more. We are so much more, but that's the root of it. That is the identifier. That's why it's it's, a thing. It's our struggles, but. We, I mean, we do the same shit that y'all do. We watch movies and we laugh and we joke and we talk of and course. we listen to Celine Dion and Jay Z. Like well, the when same we talk shit about experience, do. I yeah, guess just, the question is: embracing black music is not the same as embracing black people. When I think about the black experience, and this is just how I define it, when I think about the black experience, I think about the black experience being how we as black people interact with the world around us. Mm-hmm. And that includes the people, certain situations, whether it's jobs, yes. you know, our friends, relationships or whatever. There's a different way that we have to navigate in this world that others do not. Yes. So for me, that's how I define the black experience. So when I think about what the, I guess the white experience is, the white experience, like, I don't want to say like, is that a thing? It's, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how to define that. Maybe because I'm just so focused on what my experience is, but I don't even like, is that a thing? Well, I, I would say the white for me, I would say the white experience is privilege. The fact that mm, you don't have to it. think about the things that's that it. we have to think about. That's, that's it right privilege. there. The fact that you don't have to think about when you're at work, somebody says something crazy to you. You don't have to be like, okay, if I say something back, I might get in trouble because mm. somebody might say that I'm being aggressive or they might say that I'm not being nice or I'm, you know, I'm not part of the team. Right. Like you have to do these these second and third thoughts of like, okay, let me see if, I, you know, if I react this way, this could happen. If I react this mm-hmm. way, mm-hmm. that could happen. Like mm. you don't have to do that. We have to think about, about that. You know, black men have to think about that. Mm. Black women have to think about that. And those are two different thought processes mm-hmm. right there. So like for me, the white experience is the fact that you can just walk through the world and do whatever the fuck you want to do. We can't do that shit. We can't. That made me think someone posted. I wish I I wish I had it saved so I can read exactly what she posted. But this girl made a post on LinkedIn, a black girl. Mm-hmm. And she has like big blue hair and all that. Like, you know, she just this is who I am mm-hmm. type of stuff. And she made a post on LinkedIn basically saying, ex- excri- describing that, basically saying we as black people have to be so careful yeah. in terms of how we navigate these spaces. And she was like saying the same thing. We have to be cautious about the way we speak because we don't want to come off too aggressive or too loud or too ghetto in certain spaces or whatever. We have to be concerned about how we dress around certain people or interact with our coworkers and blah, blah, blah. And people were commenting either in agreeance or some was completely oblivious due to their privilege Mm -hmm. and were just saying, well, what do you mean you can't go to work with your blue hair? Has anyone ever told you that you can't? And it's like, yeah, girl, (sighs) what do you mean? Or even if no one has... We, by default, have to think about that. Microaggressions. You may uh, not have said, oh, your blue hair isn't right for this company, but you've, you know, maybe looked me up and down and said, oh, so um, you had your hair black last week. Why did you change it blue? (laughs) Right. That's a microaggression. Why are you asking me about my hair? Everybody else cuts their hair and changes their hair and, Uh Mm -hmm. you know, Becky down the hall just dyed it blonde. Why don't you ask her why she dyed it blonde? Mm -hmm. Why are you talking to me? Yeah. 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 Well, I think all all good points. Great conversation, ladies. This topic was very thought provoking in many ways. I really have to think about. Yeah, it's it brought up a lot of. There's a lot of layers in this article. A lot lot of layers. I mean, it was a great article. Like at first. And what's funny is when I 
first started reading it, I didn't agree with him. Mm. I was like, oh, I mean, you know, it's just <laughs> at first I was like, it's just music. Like, right. I hear I, you know, hip hop is the number one genre. Well, hip hop and rap are the number one genres in the U.S. now. Mm-hmm. But that's because a lot of white people listen to them. You right. go to a Kendrick go, Lamar concert and it is predominantly mostly white, white people. Music yeah. festivals are pre- we're we're Well, we're always the minority, but yeah. we're literally the minority, <laughs> the minority at festivals. <laughs> it's like us and then a whole cackle. Yes. Them. It's like yeah. you know, you go to see. Um, well, I was about to say Lil Boosie, not Lil Boosie. Yeah. But you go to see Kendrick or J Cole, or you go to see Drake, or you go to see um, Tyler the Creator, and it's mostly white kids. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was gonna ask just real quick before we wrap up. I want to ask a general question, and I want to see what you guys think about it. Do you think that we as black people, and not just us, but black people in general, do you think that we are a little hypersensitive to certain instances when it comes to white people? Like for this, like, do you think, like you said, you read the article initially and you didn't agree with him. Mm-hmm. Do you think that sometimes we read too much into just simple shit to try to pull some, I don't want to say pull some drama out of it. And I'm just saying this just for conversation purposes, mm-hmm. but we feed into trying to find some type of, cynical something out of everything of something so innocent as just you innocent. walking into a restaurant and there just happens to be playing black playing, music and right. it just happens to be a whole bunch of white people eating there and you're the only the black right. person are we making a just, big deal out of us? nothing is that just us in our heads because of our black experience just constantly experiencing things a are we wired like different? that is that our default button i i know i'm guilty of it so i'm not even no, gonna say shit we are not no we are not think, yeah. making this up we are not crazy. We are not picking at little tiny things. We are not making, um, what's what's the saying? We are not making uh, mountains out of molehills or something like that. I think the trivial is political. I remember taking a political science class in college and reading about trivial things, you know, just life, everyday life that women go through. Um, that seem very trivial, but they actually are very political. So it may seem very trivial to walk into a southern restaurant, sit down, order your food, and you know they're playing Biggie. That might seem very trivial. But when you notice that you are the only black person in this southern restaurant, you are um, the only black patron, uh, the only other black people are the two guys on the stove. Um, in this neighborhood, there aren't many black people walking down the street because it's been gentrified. But they're playing Biggie and Lizzo and Tupac and Jay-Z. After a while, you're like, oh, so this isn't just a small little thing. I'm not making this up. This is bigger than what we're we're thinking. So, no, I don't think it's like us just being hypersensitive i think we're a lot more aware now and i think it's that's okay you know because we don't have to let it let it go we don't have to like just kind of live our life in this blind spot i i think there's nothing wrong with being like oh i'm you don't got to get mad and burn the place down Mm -hmm. you know but i think just to be aware like yo we are in new orleans right now 
in the French Quarter. I don't see no black people but us. <laughs> we are at the Southern Restaurant. Ain't no other black people yeah. in here but us. I wouldn't, and you're right, because I wouldn't, if I was here in New York and I was the only black person in a restaurant. You and they're like, what is this? Well, if I was at a Southern yeah, restaurant. Yeah, at a Southern I, restaurant. Yeah. You're like, where are the, what? For sure. There's been plenty of restaurants I've been to in New York that is not Southern, yes. that I'm like the only black person mm-hmm. in there, and I didn't feel no type of way. Nothing. I felt nothing. Numb. Bird box. What do you mean? Uh, when you're not in box. New York? No, when I'm in, there's, no, I was just saying there's plenty of restaurants I've been to in New York. Oh. I wouldn't, it, I won't say it has to be Southern. It could be a different cuisine and oh, I'm uh-huh, the only uh-huh. black person, yeah. but I never feel anything. Yeah, like, yeah, you don't feel, yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's plenty of times I'm at work. that happens. Mm-hmm. It happens all the time. I mean, I'm, I feel like, yeah, I'm always like the only black person in a lot of restaurant spaces. There's not a lot of black people at our job. <laughs> At our job? Yeah. No. No. I think my team has the most black people. I think so. (laughs) I think your team does. It's only you and like two other people. Yeah. Yeah. That are black? Yeah. Yeah. You and two. Oh, no. Three. Three? There's three. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I think my whole team is pretty diverse. We have. Yeah. Yeah. No, your team is pretty diverse. Korean. Even my team is pretty diverse. Um, but in the company as a whole, no. Yeah. I said something to my boss also um, after we had a town hall and they were introducing all the CEOs, mm-hmm. CFOs, and all the leaders of the company. And I said, I don't see anybody that represents me. And yeah. he's like, wow. He's, you know, I noticed that too because he's Korean. And he's like, I didn't see an Asian person. Me he's like, I don't see nobody represent me. I said, are we in the same boat? So what are we going to do about it? He's like, you should send an email to the CEO. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, uh. Like, you know, it was like that at my last job as well. And I'm thinking, I know damn well there are black people in fashion because we went to school with them. So where are Mm, they in the job? But I would love to. But that is a double. I I have friends. Yeah, (laughs) I have friends who work in other fashion companies and there are people who are of black African American descent Mm -hmm. that are at the top level and they are untouchable. You try to talk to them. They don't want to talk to you. They don't see you. They're bird back. But that goes to my original comment. People being like, I'm the only one. You back up so you don't take my spot. That's a whole nother conversation. We talked about that, actually. In an episode. episode, Yeah, we did. But there's that, too. So, I mean, over. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, what do you think about the question? Mm -hmm. Do you think that we can be hypersensitive? To certain things? And that just made me think about, like, Twitter, how everybody has a voice and an opinion. So that's why I asked that. But. What do you think? I think um, it's more, it's easier to be more hypersensitive now because of social media, because they make it so blatant in your face and they show you and they circle and they see like, oh, this is what's happening. I'm like, oh shit. Yeah. So I think I am now more hypersensitive Mm -hmm. because of social media. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's fair to say, because I feel like before social media, I didn't think I notice things that much and the fact that i'm actually seeing things and people are have the ability on their phones to record things that i probably would never seen mm-hmm. if it wasn't for social media yeah. so i think that has helped we're aware uh, we're uh, more aware. aware so now i'm more conscious i'm like if something's going down i'm recording it i'm about to post it so everybody yeah. can see what the fuck is going on yeah. like yes that's that's how i feel about that okay yeah yeah, so, okay. Good well, conversation, great conversation, yeah. great article. You know, we agree to disagree on a lot of points, which is a beautiful thing because we don't always agree. Yeah, uh, so, healthy yeah, combos, healthy though. conversation. So, this is T. This is Joey. 
And this is Kwana. And we out. Bye. Peace.